Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Dicker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And Lisa, I think this week you picked the topic. Uh, what, what did you read? Well, so, you know, I really read an article because we're trying to give readers something, you know, that you can access. But I actually read the article behind the article. And I love that it was kind of a first person piece on students need a too nice teacher. Uh, now more than ever. And I really did, you know, we've tried to stay away from, you know, more things COVID related because we feel like, you know, people are ready to have whatever normal might be today. But I do think it's a good reminder that as we start back in the fall, uh, we've always talked about kids with trauma, kids who struggle. But I really like the fact that this person reminded us that, you know, you almost can't be too nice. You, you can be taken advantage of. You and I both know kids will do that in a heartbeat with those lovely kids with behavior challenges. But I think you and I both always go for the nice. I'd rather do a positive redirect than telling a kid what they're doing wrong. And I think it's a really good time for people to come into this mindset. And she, this author mentioned her first person piece. She was a student teacher. She mentioned Gloria Ladson's Billings work about how we really need to reset ourselves for kids, uh, especially kid black children who are black to be sure that we really recognize they were behind before. So you can't just reset and say, we're going to do the same for everybody. We may need to step it up. I think you and I would agree that we're going to have to step it up for kids with disabilities. I don't know that you can do the same online with hand over hand for a kid who might need it. And so again, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Can we be too nice, Becky? (laughs) Uh, Honestly, I don't think we can be too nice. I'll tell you (laughs) for, for my entire career, Uh, One of my friends, every time I'm going to present somewhere, she'll say, oh, what are you going to go present on? And she says, never mind. You're just going to go tell people to be nice to kids. (laughs) I said, yeah, no matter my topic, it's always going to cycle back to be nice to kids. And it's, you know, that's from, you know, 30 years in the profession now. But I think there's some things that make it easier for some of us to, to come across as nice. So I think this whole idea of being nice to kids uh, comes with an understanding of you can be really nice, just like you can as a parent, you can love your kids so much, but you can also put on your mom face or your teacher face and say, stop. So I can be the nicest teacher in the world. And I was really a nice teacher. Nice, nice, nice. Stop it. Okay, now la 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 la. So when when you have that connection with kids and they do perceive you in such a positive way, they don't actually want to disappoint you. And I honestly, Lisa, you mentioned kids with EBD. Even as a teacher of kids with EBD, I was actually very caring and warm and firm. So I think that the challenge is to remember, you know, you mentioned COVID and yeah, we're definitely moving away from that. But now all kids are coming to school with some form of trauma just from the separation of the norm for them. So why not warmly bring them back? Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because uh, you, you're going back to the nice part. I, I laugh. One of the best compliments I ever got from a kid who really didn't like many people. He said, you're the nicest, meanest teacher I've ever had. And I was like, wow. You know, I, I think that's what we're talking about. And I think that not only did I love, we can't be too nice, 
but I really loved Gloria Ladson Billings work who just does phenomenal work with equity. And it's an article in equity excellence. And she says, I'm here for the hard reset. This is the title post pandemic pedagogy to preserve our culture. And she said, you know, just because we say there's a new normal, it's not normal for some kids. That was, that was so unnormal to be home, to be hungry, to, have, you know, oh, they all got technology. Yeah. But mine didn't work and mine didn't get on the internet and nobody knew how to show me. And, you know, my teacher couldn't come over to my house. And so she does a really great job of just reminding us that not only do we have to be nice and caring, which you have already said, but we really have to reset our cultural norms and think about who had two parents, three parents, five parents, grandparents at home, who could help, who had no one who could help, who had food in their house, who didn't, you know, so kids are not just going to come back, but they're going to come back, back to, you know, this Maslow's hierarchy of, of, of trauma in some ways, you know, I was hungry for nine months and yeah, you got me food, but, but every day I had to worry about if I could get online. And, and so I think, you know, this word that she uses a lot is this hard reset that we really have to rethink and redesign our curriculum to not just think about, um, what kids missed, but what culturally they experienced. And I would then argue too, in relationship to her article, the gap that kids with disabilities had before they left could have just gotten bigger. And, and I think we need to do some recalibrating and resetting. And I think we forget that for some kids during the entire time they've been away from their regular school structure, they may not have encountered you know, a single nice person, to be honest. And I do think that the reasoning of expecting to produce kids who are well-adjusted and nice themselves, if we don't model that for them as teachers, I don't know how we expect some kids to learn it. I really mm-hmm. don't. And so taking that back into the classroom and I, my, my one specific tip, Lisa, um, one is to really try to to practice smiling more, you know, um, literally make make ourselves smile as much as possible um, as a as a very simple nonverbal communication. Um, but also some really explicit things like uh, unconditional uh, un- unconditional giving of something. So, for example, Um, sometimes, you know, we get so caught up in having kids earn things in our classroom, but the kind of things that went a long way for me were to just bring, you know, a batch of slice and bake sugar cookies in, in the morning and say, you know, I was really thinking about you guys last night. So I made you these cookies, you know, I just brought them in before anybody even has a chance to do anything wrong for the day. And I did that with kids of all levels. And I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned it in the past, but any kind of unconditional, you know, whether it's just to bring in, you know, a box of pens and say, you know, what I was thinking about you guys when I was in the store last night. And I thought, you know what, I bet some of you guys need a pen to write with. So who needs a pen? And if we think about even the money that, you know, whatever little parcels and bits that you get for supplies, you know, think about what you could do that could be shared with kids in a really, uh, in the spirit of giving. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to borrow a quote from the article and, and it, it is the frame of being real, you know, I, I being, you can never be too nice. And I think I would add, you can never be too 
accepting of somebody's cultural differences. And she says so beautifully, this is one of my favorite sentences, teachers who respect and invite students culture into the classroom have opportunities to expand the understanding and perspectives of everyone. And I think, you know, that's what you and I both so value about neurodiversity <laughs> is that once you start to embrace the differences of, of neurospectrums or any spectrum of anything in life, the better understanding we have of each other. And I do hope that that's the outcome of this, but I don't think you can just be nice. You have to be nice and understand those differences because they're going to be different than yours. My child was gone and I lived in a hut with my husband for 15 months. My, my experience is very different than you living at home with your twins in their senior year and 400 people. And so remember that when your kids come back, be really nice but really bring their culture. What was their favorite food? What was their favorite thing they did? Maybe trying not to dwell in what was bad, but really trying to lift up the nice part of what they found as positive. I think that's what we need to do in life right now for everybody. So those are my last thoughts. Yeah. And come, come with some structure and, you know, remember that kids are coming back potentially from a pretty unstructured time period. So come with some structure and explain it nicely. All right. So you can never be too nice. That's our mantra. And uh, we thank you for listening to us. If you have any questions, you can post them on our Facebook page or send us a tweet at Access Practical.